Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the So Many Goals podcast. I'm your host, Sean Barton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan Chowdhury. We'll be discussing Manchester's two giants decampment from London for the FA Cup final and also the latest twists and turns running up to the start of the transfer window this month. First of all, Dan, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Why, why are you feeling very well? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, from the, uh, the within the FA Cup. Oh, yeah, no, the, the, weather, oh, the, the FA, FA Cup. Cup, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that was uh, on that week, this weekend, wasn't it? Was it this weekend it, or last weekend? It was, it was this weekend, oh, mate. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I completely forgot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean... Yeah, just the uh, everything like the weather was great down there. The atmosphere was really good. Um, obviously, we're going to discuss the game, but obviously, most people will probably know by now winning it, getting the double done, um, which I think a lot of people have actually forgot. All the talk now is about the treble, isn't it? But people forget that we've actually just got two it, times a in five years. Yeah, so. yeah. So absolutely delighted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I to be honest, it was a it, it was a good game. It was too close to call for many. I think the the bookies were holding United 4-1 to one and then slashed it down to 3-1 to one on the day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But you, we all know, especially as, you know, with you being a City fan and we know many United fans as well, that these games, you know, on the day, the, both sides can just turn up. And I think more so over the past couple of years, United, I think two Pogba goals and a Chris Smalling volley comes to mind. So, oh, you God. know, uh, and anything can happen in these games. But, you know, it, it, it went in the favour of... Um, wouldn't say when in the favour, it makes it sound like the refs were on your side, but um, the the sway of the game, the performances were definitely in the City camp, really. So um, the tale of the take, if anything, is that Gundogan was a star again. Um, comes up out of nowhere yeah. sometimes, I find, and I think I, I'm, conf- I'm, I'm getting conflicting information about it. I've heard it was 13 seconds. I've heard it was 15 seconds. Um I mean, regardless, it's probably. I think it is the fastest goal in in the FA Cup history, regardless yeah. of it being an FA Cup final, which is absolutely bananas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I was there. I've seen all these clips of uh, you know that Mark Goldbridge, um, and he's oh, he's, he's God, trying to give yeah. a lot of crap to City, and he's like, "They will do yeah. it for our history and stuff." And then he goes, oh, "You just you just can't believe it. You just can't believe." It. <laughs> Do it, do it for Sean Gouter. Yeah. Got <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was a terrific goal. Great contact on it. I've, I think a lot of people were slating De Gea for it, but I mean, your goalkeeper's got to be on from zero to 90, yes, but 
I, I don't think you can yeah. expect anybody to be latching onto that at least no, no, you know no. the, the, warm him up a bit you know what I mean but um, fantastic volley um, or was it I think it was a half volley no, volley it was, half it was, volley it was full, full but both of them were actually yeah. but I mean the thing was we, well, you know you sit down at your, your seat I think I sat down maybe like 10 15 5 10 minutes before kickoff basically you know you finish your beer and then you go and get sat down and you sort of sit down and, and I think you know Lots of people have been talking to me before the game. You know, what do you think is going to happen? You know, a lot of lot of neutral fans, let's say, were saying, "Oh, yeah, you'll beat them, you'll beat them." But from looking at it from a City fans' perspective, you just never know with Man United. As you mentioned, that game where uh, Sanchez, uh, sorry, Pogba and uh, Smalling got the goals. There was, uh, you know, Gundogan actually scored in that one. We were two 0 up at half time, at home. We could have won. Um, the league that day against United. I think it would have been the earliest anyone had ever won the league as well. So there's lots of things that were going for us. All of a sudden, second half, they score three and we lose the game. So these kind of games, these derbies, you know, they're, they're probably half a favourite or is a favourite, but I just don't think it can. It plays out that simply in these kind of games, as well as the fact that, you know, United would have wanted to have stopped us from getting the treble, um, which we're now one step closer to doing. So there was that on the line as well. Um but yeah, when when we kick off and you know it goes back to Ortega, and I'm thinking, you know, he hits the ball up long, and you're immediately thinking, okay, so this is the tactic. It's going to be, uh, well, a, a tactic, not the tactic, but you know, play it long, like we did against Arsenal, like we did against Madrid, and Harlan knocks it down. He's big, he's strong. He gets De Bruyne involved. He gets Bernardo. He gets all these players involved, but it just sort of bounces off him, bounces off Kevin De Bruyne. Or I think Varane makes a challenge, and then the strike from Gundogan is just sensational. You know, you can blame the keeper, but, you know, as you said, it's 12 seconds, 13 seconds into a game. Um, you know, it hasn't had anything to, it hasn't had anything to warm. It's a bit of a warm up with the yeah. guys, but, you know, nothing to, to prepare him for that. Um, but yeah, that, that obviously at that point, you're thinking, Jesus, um, what could the scoreline be at this point? Um, if we if we score that early and, and then Rodri had one, a header that just went wide, hit the side of the net. From where I was sat, it actually looked like it had gone in. Um, and that would have been two 0 in about three or four minutes. But yeah, interesting game. Um, we got some stuff to talk about, so yeah, I'll, I won't go on about it. Shut the fuck up, man! <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was great, and that start yeah. was just was just the best start you could have possibly wished for. Yeah. So obviously, with any any game of football where the scoreline is two one, it it leaves it open to debate whether it was a contest. Um, Obviously, Bruno Fernandes' um, spot kick, which was derived from what most people are calling a controversial VAR-assisted 33rd-minute penalty <laughs> kick. Um, yeah. Maybe not word for word, but, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. After Grealish was punished for handball. And you know what? <laughs> uh, referees, yes, they follow a, a mandatory kind of rule book. But um, at, at the same time, it is, it's very subjective. And I think... You know, in hindsight, it doesn't really matter because you know you you still want it, but you know it's it's another kind of VAR example, let's say. But um, we're we're not really going to be talking about that today because it it had no real kind of relevance, I guess. But since you know you were there, you've already talked about the atmosphere, the 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 pre-match nerves. Um, luckily, you you travelled down a few days before for work and stuff, as you were saying the other day. So you know you didn't have the kind of anxiety of, of going down on yeah. the night before the day there and I don't think you could have actually because of the strikes because you know Britain is glorious for its strikes at the moment <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know <laughs> what were your thoughts on the game overall then because you know we, we could pick out key points of course um for me i, I don't think it had a, it was a game that was you know i expected more from the game personally um you know and entertainment wise and you know you'll obviously feel a lot different because you're a city fan and you were there and you won the trophy but um i kind of wanted it to be like a you know more more of a contest let's say yeah yeah i mean i, I can see where you're coming from and, and i think when, when the game starts off in that manner you think right here we go this is going to be an absolute cracker you know goal in 12 seconds and, and chances being created and stuff and i can see what you mean i think for me, there was elements of um, just sloppiness from both teams as well. I think, you, particularly from a city perspective, you know, you're used to seeing sort of a well-oiled machine. You know, very few mistakes, very few times giving the ball away. But I noticed that Akanji gave the ball away a, a few times. I know he's not necessarily he's playing sort of left back, isn't he? Which I don't think is his natural position. Um, but you know, he gave the ball away a few times. I thought Kevin De Bruyne wasn't as as you know seamless as he normally is I thought when we did play that ball up long to Haaland I think Haaland's got great qualities you know he's big he's strong he's he's fast but there I noticed that when the ball was being occasionally it would bounce off him a little bit his first touch wasn't up to scratch um, and I think that comes down from the fact that you know we we won the league um, after Brighton beat Arsenal and we had three games to go Chelsea Brighton Brentford now we won one of them drew the other and lost one so you can say that form is sort of all over the place really isn't it and I think that when you win the league that early it can affect it affects your performances obviously and I think that game was the perfect game to for Pep to use as, as motivation so for example what I think he'll say is you know he'll talk to the players and go look we won that game but we weren't 100% we've got one more game to go I need you to be back to your, back to normal and get us that treble, treble done and get that first Champions League boxed off um, because yeah I thought it was uh Slightly sloppy. Some of the players weren't at it a hundred percent, but nevertheless, you know, getting the win was was the most important thing. I thought from a United perspective, um, I thought they were poor. I'll be honest. You know, they didn't create a huge amount from open play, and it took the penalty de- decision to to get them back into the game. Um, if I had to single out a single player that I thought was 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 good, I thought Fernandez was probably their best player. I know he scored the goal and took the penalty quite well, but you know, looking at the rest of the team, I didn't think any of the back four did particularly well. Sancho was completely anonymous throughout the entire game. Well, Eriksen was quiet. I think he came off and Sancho came off and then they're bringing on Garnacho, who actually, even though I've just said Fernandez, I think Garnacho was probably up there. He only played about 30 minutes, but he gave uh, Walker the run around once and just put had a shot that went just wide. It was very where I was sat. You could see the angle of how close it was and it was, uh, you know, it was very close. Um, so yeah, I think they've got a lot of work to do, Man United. Um, but overall, from the game, I thought that um, we probably deserved deserved to win. But overall, it wasn't you know much to write home about. Let's say it was one of those pretty sluggy affairs where you're, yeah, just just happy to get it over the line uh, and get the win. So yeah, I yeah. mean, just to kind of touch on United a bit there because you know. We're we're so close to being a city podcast here, aren't we? Fuck me, and it's it's purely just because yeah, your team yeah, well. are just winning it all at the moment, and you need to talk about what's going on. So, yeah, and anyone that says that we're a city podcast can fuck off and go, <laughs> go listen to something else. Go listen to yeah. uh, the Athletic or something like that. But um, 
Yeah, so you know, for City, the for United, sorry, they're they're obviously clearly missing the number nine um, that they're after. You know, names like Kane has been touted round Osterheim, um Osterman, sorry, um, that would slot into that team um, extremely well because I think Rashford's kind of being wasted um, up front. He's had a great season when he's been playing more on the left, I would say. Um, so kind of sacrificing that talent by you know just pushing him up front and relying on you know the the lack of creativity in in that game Ericsson didn't have a, a good game at all which is quite surprising to see I know he's just came back from injury um but as you said it took a, a Garnacho to come on and you know present some sort of threat for United um it, it's it's not good enough in that sense I guess and I don't know what the fuck Casemiro was doing most of the game but you know he usually has an impact in 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 games, and I think they definitely miss that um, personally. So for for United to kind of improve, I wouldn't say improve. I'd say they've had a really really good season. Uh, I'd even go out there and say that they had a better season than Arsenal um, personally because they've they finished third, um, especially when they, you know they were very up and down in regards to Champions League places, but they were consistent where teams like Tottenham and Liverpool weren't um, so to finish in a Champions League spot when it was so competitive especially towards the latter stages of the season is is one achievement in itself to win a Carabao Cup in Ten Hag's first season incredible achievement um, United want to be winning silver where they want to be in the big competitions and for me that's a goal that he's definitely achieved this season it wouldn't have been um, feasible for the to, for fans to expect him to win the league in his first season especially with every other team like City uh, the emergence of Newcastle being a top team Arsenal being on the run they were um, you know it, it would have been unrealistic to think that you know you would have gone and done that especially after the money they signed uh, the money they spent a lot of people then thought it guaranteed some sort of trophy and I guess in this sense Carabao Cup I, I would take that for me I'd, I'd give my left arm for that right now but um, a top four <laughs> position as well is is an incredible achievement. So yeah, absolutely. To, to say, you know, <laughs> as horrible as it sounds, to say that they have fallen short, I, I wouldn't say so. I would just say they would be what What do they need to be even better next season? So, is it a case of, you know, improve one or two positions, or do you feel that it's you know kind of get rid of some of this deadwood? There's names such as Anthony Martial that they want to get rid of there's Maguire who you know in all honesty he's he's definitely not a United player but it's quite unfair that he's been criticized heavily recently when he hasn't even played um and you know in a game like that you might have think that might have thought that he he could have done better than um you know other players on the pitch maybe but where where do you think they need to kind of improve to to you know improve next season yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because as you mentioned there, they've had a they've had a good season, um, winning a trophy and, and getting third place. Um, I think you know you look at last season where they're they're finishing uh, still still behind Arsenal by by a few points, but they're actually finishing down in sixth place. And so it's a, it's a good you know they've got way more points this season as well. So it's it's a good first season under Ten Hag and winning a trophy. You know that that gets the fans on on your side straight away. And, and when you see some of the performances that um, they've put in, it, they're they're pretty good. You know, they, they look 
when Rashford's flying, they they look very good. Um, he scored scored a few goals, but I think you rightly pointed out that a number nine is is key for them. If you look at the league table, um, Arsenal and City ninety four goals, eighty eight goals scored. United fifty eight. There's actually lo- the, the next team. It's it's almost the lowest in the in the top half of the table. There's a few that are lower, but definitely the the lowest in the top six. And then you've got Villa on fifty one in seventh. So goals, I think, is something that they need to they need to sort out because they're not exactly keeping a, a you know a huge amount of clean sheets, or, or particularly with De Gea making the mistakes he's making. They conceded forty three goals as well. So you know that's something that I think is really important, and I think that also not just a goal scorer, but someone to create goals as well. Because you spent all this money on Anthony, you spent it on Jaden Sancho, and you know I think Anthony has been. Better than Sancho, but both of them have been pretty poor. Let's be honest this this season, and they were big money signings, weren't they? So, I think recruitment is something that I think they need to get right because for for a while I've thought that United sign players who will improve the team, but there's also seemingly a massive focus on shirt sales. You know, buying Ronaldo back was that really beneficial to the team? Probably not. Then you've got Casemiro, who's actually been very good, but you know he's he's a multiple winner. Uh, from Real Madrid, he's going to sell shirts. And then Varane, who spent a lot of time injured, but when he plays, he can be half decent. I think that we, well, I definitely said that I didn't think Lissandro Martinez would be able to cut it in the Premier League, given his size. But he's actually been very good. He's been in a lot of team of the seasons that I've seen from various he won different... Their, um, they, he won their like, Man United team uh, player of the season as well. well they, the, the Big Bigsby Award or something like that, I think they call it. Yeah. But... Um, he's he's done extreme. Um, we both had the same opinion that he was going to be, you know, yep. bullied. Um, five foot ten in stature at centre back definitely doesn't scream um, that you, you're going to have a great time. But yeah, fair, fair play to him. Absolutely, and and I think that you know he was a player that I wouldn't necessarily say was unknown to everybody, but it wasn't the signing that I would have expected. And yet he came in and just proved probably a lot of people wrong in the fact that he's played exceptionally well. So I think United need to not necessarily change their, their the way that they sign, but like their recruitment. I think that they need to, but they need to look at it. And, and, you know, they've got a coach there who has had a good first season. You know, there have been times when, you know, the Liverpool game springs to mind and, you know, we beat them quite convincingly at the Etihad as well. So, you know, there have been times when they've been poor away from home. That needs to improve. But I think that improves with with goals. You know that that you get the you get the the goals. You can potentially go and win. If you're not scoring anything, then you know you're never going to win a game, are you? So yeah, it's it's something that I think they need to pick up on and improve and, and give Ten Hag the, the 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 money. I'm sure they'll back him uh, to make the signings that he needs. And as you said, there the, the, there are some players that simply need to be on their way. Like you know, you're thinking Martial, perhaps De Gea. I think. He did get criticised and he has made... He's not as... There was a couple of seasons not so long ago where he was arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. They just seem to be able to save absolutely everything. And obviously, you can't maintain that level forever, but he seems to have dropped off quicker than I would have anticipated. He, you know, he, I don't think he can do anything about the first goal. The second yeah. goal, maybe, because it bobbles a bit, but it probably goes through about three or four people and he's, he sees it late. Um but there have been times this season where he's made some absolute howlers. So perhaps you're looking at at, uh, at a new goalkeeper as well. You're right with the players like Maguire. You know these guys are on big money, aren't they? And and they're yeah. just not playing. I, th- I think the 
the main issue as you've said there is is what separates united from you know the likes of arsenal and city this season is is the goals and i think it's there was a heavy reliance on rashford and then rashford was out injured um and then the goals kind of dried up but um just to to focus on you know the idea that they i think they have plenty of creativity in in their setup so more so you would say that someone like Jaden Sancho Sancho should be the like the the kind of magician in this sense that he should be pulling all the strings. Um just to pull some stats from when he was playing in the Bundesliga under Dortmund and he and he was still a young lad leaving your um your lot on a free. In his first season I think he only appeared about twelve times and got three assists, but in his first full season he played thirty four games in the Bundesliga scoring 12 goals and getting 18 assists which is absolutely insane that's yeah they're great stats yeah the next season he played 32 games and scored 17 goals and got 17 assists which is again (laughs) unreal yeah exactly and then in his last season for Dortmund he got um, 8 goals and 12 assists albeit in 26 appearances so you know he you can kind of see why United spent the money they did on him because for me that 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 would be a sure thing you know he's done that's three seasons i've mentioned there and that you know, a, any kind of person that works out an average or a mean a, a mean from any of that it takes three years plus so i wouldn't necessarily say you know it, it's money bad like stupidly spent it's kind of like that's what you would pay for a player that can put Mm -hmm. out numbers like that he's English so you've got to take into account the English tax and it's Dortmund as well Dortmund are are, are no um, are no idiots when it comes to selling their best assets and and making a lot of money from it so you know he's been through a lot of shit this year as well I know he was off um, off training and off games for a while with some mental health stuff and you know whatever else he still needed to figure out because of course he's, he's still a fucking human being at the end of the day um, but you know, ultimately, maybe he'll he'll come good when that number nine's in that team to yeah to kind of yeah, bring yeah. it all together. Because I just feel that you know, if if I was a, a good crosser of the ball, and I'm looking up and I'm seeing Valt Vegorst, I'm thinking, fuck, like this this guy's <laughs> not gonna, you know he's he's not gonna yeah. sc- he's not gonna score this one no matter how much of a good ball I put in. So you know, the the, the classic comparison there is Kevin De Bruyne crossing the ball into someone like Haaland do you know what I mean it, it makes a well, that's ma- it. makes a massive difference to who's um, who's on the end of it to actually convert it so um, and that's it that, that's what Jaden Sancho would have had at Dortmund wouldn't it wasn't it mm-hmm. as well he would have had the likes of Haaland oh, oh yeah exactly yeah Haaland I didn't so, even think of it like that but so, but I think that's that's what he might need is is that you know he's, he's, lack, he's lacking in confidence in his own ability because he hasn't played that much and he's you know, like you said, he's a human being. He's been going through some shit. He's obviously pro- seeing, you know, these articles saying that he's, you know, really poor. He's dropped off a cliff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I think all it takes is, you know, a couple, particularly in that number nine role, whether it's Kane or Osman or, or whoever they're looking at. You know, once you've got the confidence that you can put a ball in, and it's someone's going to get on the end of it and get a goal. Then and you start picking up assists. Then all of a sudden you get that confidence. Like I think he's very much a confidence player, isn't he? Like you see, you see. I've seen some of the footage when he was at Dortmund. You know, he's taking players on. He's hitting it from you know from distance. He's whipping in balls with his right and his left foot. He's scoring with his right and his left foot. And you know he clearly hasn't got that at the moment. Um, so I think 
that's something for United to, to to deal with. Like you said, he's a young lad. He's still young now, so he's, you can't. I don't think it's necessarily a case. You know, you ship him out. I think you give him a season with an actual centre forward in there. Try and get that form back because you know he's gonna. He can do it. You've seen it before, but yeah, this season and particularly on Saturday, um, he he wasn't great. So. Yeah, I, I don't think you give up on him just yet. I don't think he's one of the deadwood that you ship out. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's more. Yeah. But yeah, you get that number nine in and you'll probably see a better, you know, a completely different mm. player next season. And not to kind of um, stay on United for too much longer, but there's just a few points here. Um, it's quite easy to compare both United and City. And, and of course, a kind of a display of an FA Cup final, it, it's so much easier to to get drawn into that kind of debates and of course the geography doesn't help you know they're both manchester based teams so um you know it's especially yourself you're a city fan you've grown up in and around um the northwest so you you know more than anyone what it's like to be around united fans um especially during you know their best periods um you know i've seen some of the best players come through their books like rooney ronaldo um Van Persie coming in and scoring 30 plus goals in his first season so it's you know they've they've had that success but I, I feel like they're not too far away from getting back to those heights and you know they've got Ten Hag as an amazing coach um, I kind of look back on I think it was two three years ago where we wanted to to sign a manager like that and you know unfortunately we went down the route of a, a Mourinho instead and the instant success model which you know fucking hell what what were you thinking guys bloody hell but um you know they've got the right coach they've obviously got back in there's talks about the the takeover um so i feel that a lot of the a lot of the vibe around the club in regards to facilities will be upgraded um i mean especially after ronaldo's comments absolutely brutal um but you know they've they've spent handsomely still regardless of all this so you know there's this this there's this argument that you know city have oil money it's like it doesn't matter where the money's came from in this sense you've still spent it um a billion in in 10 years um under edward word and you know it, it's it's not an excuse for me to be honest you know saying that other teams have spent money it's like you've spent money as well so it's 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 not a factor at all so yeah i, with, I agree with that yeah. with that said they've fallen short in you know they've still won stuff They've still signed top players. Um, they've had a better better season. They've had better seasons than plenty of other teams for sure. So there's obviously a, a cog there that's missing. And I feel that other managers have touched on it in the past. Oligon Solskjaer said it. Mourinho said it as well. So where do you feel they've fallen short in the past few years? And, and just a few kind of examples, you know, which department is it? Ownership. Is it mm. the type of transfers they've made? Is it yeah. the, is it the managers they've brought in? So I think it's very difficult to put your finger on it, isn't it? I, you know, to blame sort of one one area. But I personally think that there have been there's been issues with the recruitment, but there's also been they went th- through a period, didn't they? When you know after Sir Alex left, they had David Moyes, um, they had Van Gaal, they had Mourinho. They had Ollie for a bit, and obviously they tried to to stick with Ollie for you know to, to give him the benefit of the doubt, and probably in the end gave him a little bit too long. But I think the the thing that has happened is that when uh, David Moyes went in, he made a couple of transfers. I think he brought in Fellaini, maybe Juan Mata. Then Van Hal comes in, and he wants to you know build, but he's working with the dregs of a 
a sort of a team that obviously Sir Alex Ferguson saw was on the decline, which has been tampered with by David Moyes. He's then making his signings and trying to build a new philosophy and a new structure. Then you've got all, uh, Mourinho coming in, who obviously would have wanted to to spend money and did spend money, and he's trying to work with the remnants of um, Van Gaal and David Moyes. And then you know, it, and I think that is always a problem because you're trying to sort of you, it's project to project to project, and it can be tricky for the players to know whether they're coming or going. You know, a player that signed for say David Moyes might not feature whatsoever in a Louis van Gaal team or Mourinho team. And then they're just sat there on big money, not doing anything. And it's mm. detrimental to the to the morale of the squad, to the morale of the player. Um, and then, yeah, you're just constantly switching things up. Um, we all know Mourinho as well. He's, uh, you know, he comes in and usually he'll win you something, but he'll also leave after three years after completely disrupting everything at the club. Um, Ollie was sort of, I'd say more like a feel-good factor around around the club. I think he came in, and I think there was that that clip of Rio Ferdinand on BT Sport going. I was thinking, give him the contract, yeah. give him the contract, right and down the number, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everyone from United, whether it was the staff, the fans, you know, um, wanted him there at the club because they thought, you know, we can mould this guy into a world beater. It'll be great to have him. He's got great history at the club. He's loved and all this, and then. It didn't quite work out, although there were times when they played quite well under Ollie, but, you know, it wasn't to be. I think he was basically told what to do. I think, you know, you look at the Ronaldo situation. Um, I feel like Ollie was trying to build something at that point. I feel like he was going with a younger squad. He had, I think he had the likes of Wan-Bissaka, Jadon Sancho, and he was going for something. And then all of a sudden, there was rumours of Ronaldo came in. And it was like, right, scrap all of that. Ronaldo's up front, build a team around him. You know, building a team around, what, a 36, 37-year-old, um, you know, who, who's not, you know, you could see that the road, the road that he was, while he was trying to go down, a Ronaldo for me just shouldn't have featured within that. You know, for the club, it was great. They're going to sell millions of shirts. They're going to have a full stadium. You know, everyone's going to be going sue all the time, and it's going to be great for the club. But it was, it didn't work out. And now they've got Ten Hag, and I feel like he's going to be. He's brought obviously two lads from Ajax along with him in Martinez and, and Anthony. I think he dealt really well with the Ronaldo thing. It's clearly not in his plans, so he thought you can go. And obviously, the interview didn't help that Ronaldo did. Um, Maguire, I feel like um, Oli was was forced to play him because he signed him, and or, or he cost the club eighty million. Whereas Ten Hag has just said he's not good enough, so he's playing the likes of Lindelof. He's playing the likes of obviously Varane when he's fit. Um, you know, and, and Maguire's barely getting a sniff, so. I feel like it's a case of recruitment's been poor, the constant turnover of managers, which we'll probably see a, an end to now that Ten Hag's in, unless he does something dreadful next season and really bottles, uh, you know, has a really bad start to the season. Um, and I think the sooner, sooner rather than later, they'll need to get the ownership of the club sorted because the fact that this ownership has been dragging on for god knows how it's long it's bizarre now. isn't it i've seen yeah. it how many final bids can be exactly. made it, it's it is bizarre and i'm sure that the because i'm also reading that you know um the qatari bid means that you know they'll, that they'll still so the glazers will still have um some involvement within the club jim radcliffe is trying to buy i just think at this point like you've seen the protests you're gonna get a hell of a lot of money if I was the Glazers, I just want a clean exit. You know, I'm going to leave here with like six or seven billion after taking out dividends for the for God knows how long, and that in that respect, I think will be there'll be a feel good factor around Man United. 
they'll invest in the infrastructure so from the bottom up in in the you know like like what city did um in a sense that they'll trade in complex the stadium uh, needs needs renovation it's a, it's an incre- incredible stadium you know the biggest uh, domestic stadium in the UK but it's it's falling apart you know I've got friends that go to it and you know when you go to somewhere like for example the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the City Stadium you know these modern stadiums you, you can just see how much it's such a nicer experience to go to those those stadiums and I know United's and Old Trafford has got lots of history, so I'm not suggesting you knock it down and build a whole new stadium and call it, you know, something. That, they'll want to keep Old Trafford as the name, but just little things like that. Little, and and then the fans get you know involved, and the fans are up, and then you know the the, the stadium's loud. Um, so yeah, I think there's a few things that they need to do. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. And as you mentioned there, they've spent a billion, and they can continue to spend. You know, they're, they're arguably the biggest club in the world. Certainly, you know, top three, top four, Real Madrid, etc., and some other teams. So they've got the money to spend. They back Ten Hag. They get the ownership stuff out of the way, and they get rid of some of the deadwood, and it starts to become Ten Hag's team. Then absolutely, I, I can see them um, moving forward in the Champions League as well. So that's a bonus. So yeah, be, being back in that competition will do absolute bits for them, and I, I think not even player recruitment wise, they'll always be able to attract top players. We've we've seen that exactly. over the past, past few years anyway. So yeah, um, be interesting to kind of have two um, two Manchester teams back at it again, which would be great. Um, but of course, the one comparison that people keep kind of um, draw into is the famous treble talk and. I guess it's it's becoming a becoming a um, more of a reality now where we're seeing that you know it's it's too one to go kind of um, talk and you know for me City can now comfortably discuss the potential of achieving a treble. We've seen it so many times this year. Um, I think it was with United where they were saying they could win the quadruple, and then Arsenal Arsenal could win the treble, and it's like this narrative kind of exists a, like you know shorter than a fruit fly and then before you know it a lot of people are then talking about so yeah they've, they've had a good season you know what I mean and whereas for City it's kind of steadily rose they've been on the back yeah, of Arsenal absolutely. for for more than they probably would have liked but you know they got the business done in the end they won the, the Prem um, with a few games to go and then you know you've won the FA Cup on Sunday so, hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For me, it's like you can now discuss the potential of actually achieving it with confidence and. You know, not like your domestic trouble in in that sense. You know, 
this treble would mean a lot more to to City fans. I I, I think at least, especially with the the Champions League being in the mix, and even Pep admitted himself that quote it is the first time to talk about the treble against United. It was special for our city and our fans. We performed really well. Now tomorrow they are off. They have two days off. The players have recovery for themselves, and then we have three or four training sessions to prepare for Inter Milan. So, with that said, um, you know we saw them all on the piss, and I think Grealish put something on his Instagram which made me laugh. Where he's, I mean, it was like three o'clock in the morning on. Um, uh, so he played Saturday. Yeah, so it was, yeah. it was Sunday morning. He was going like City beat United. And this is like you could tell he was. We've all been there. We've been drooling and you know probably covered in your own piss or whatever. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he's just recording his leg, but you know it's always hard to call the derby and I think you came out on top in that um, you know with the display with the result with the trophy and as you said um, before we started recording it's almost like look it was it wasn't the best you still got over the line but it would have rejuvenated your team and you know using that word rejuvenated I think it's definitely a better United squad than there's been over the few past few years so the increasing confidence to go on and win the treble on Saturday right you know, is 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 that the thing that they, mm. you know, the the final bit of motivation to kind of move forward now? And you know, without grabbing your prediction because that's a later, later question in a pod later this week about the Champions League. But surely that would be, you know, the the confidence booster you needed because I feel like if you didn't win, there would have been so many questions. You know, ah, oh, you know, you can still go and win in the Champions League, but is the confidence there now? Are you rattled or whatever? Well, I think yeah, I think you're right that. It's a perfect example of of just a game that's you know a week after everyone's finished and it's just it needed to happen I think and we needed to play well we didn't need to play that way I would have much rather we'd won four or five nil obviously but I feel like what it did was it showed the players you know the players will have known that they didn't play that well that they sort of not necessarily scraped over the line but you know it, it wasn't a convincing display and and if they want to go on and win the treble then they're going to need to play better than that. Um, that to be fair, that that was the game I was most concerned concerned about in in the one that we may drop. I think, no disrespect to Inter, they've done a great job getting to the the final, but at the same same time, I watched both legs of the semi, um, and I didn't particularly think that they were anything special. Um, but yeah, I think the confidence will be there. You know, the the players will have a couple of days. I think I was watching an interview where the, Pep said they'll travel on Thursday. Um, you know, get. Get get into Istanbul, get ready for it, and then fingers crossed, get the get it done. Um, I thought it was funny actually. You know, you've heard it for years with with pundits and all this that uh, Sir Alex saying no one will ever do the treble again, no one will do the treble. Um, and now that it's on, I don't know if you saw the interview with David Beckham after the game. He was like, "Oh, there's only one team that did the treble first, and it's, it's gone from no one will ever do it." To, yeah, the well, goalposts. Well, well, we did moved. it first. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, mate, just yeah. give it a rest. I, I don't know. I think, you know, you ask people wh- which treble, you know, if we do it, look, let's, you know, uh, we haven't done it yet. But if we do it, um, you know, people will say, well, which treble was better? And Well, that that brings me on to one of my other questions. So okay, hold yeah. that for. Yeah, um, but it was just, you know, I, yeah. I think the game the game we played was, was it needed mm. to happen that way, I think, to build more confidence. I'd, 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 yeah, I don't think anyone's going to look back at the performance at the end of the day, are they? They're going to just look back at the 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 second of the third, um, you know, fingers crossed yeah. for, for Saturday, of course, but, you know, in, in that case. But of, 
I, I know that it would mean a lot to anybody to to win a cup. Fuck me, you you wouldn't hear from me for about four weeks. Um, I'd fly myself off to somewhere and you know just <laughs> probably spend all all the bit of the savings in my account and maybe the money that we spend saving for the wedding. But um, yeah. how much would it mean to you as a city fan to not only win a treble but to of course ma- you're not just matching you're not just winning a treble you're matching the United treble in 99 that you have just quoted it there to say you know the goalposts have moved now it's not you know no one's ever going to be able to win this now it's uh, you know you can't go back in time and win it before us it's like do, does it really matter you can only win in in the moment in you know the the current time you are you know Kevin De Bruyne was was probably still shitting in nappies back then so it's not really a a, a take to have I guess but you know, would it would it mean a lot to you know have to to match United in that sense, or would it just be enough to to win the treble? Oh mate, yeah, winning. I mean, there's, there's a few things to that. I mean, winning a Champions League trophy, our first one, to get that sort of monkey off our back. You know, we've been in uh, the final with Chelsea and uh, Pep had a bit of a nightmare and didn't play Rodri, and they won. The semi-final last season against Real Madrid, I'm still having nightmares about with those two goals in about a minute or whatever it was. You know, that that was horrible. Um, and now we've got to the final. And, and, you know, looking at... You look at the teams that we've played along the way. Um, you know, we, we've played some some tough matches there. You know, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. You know, we, we've had to do it the hard way. And I think that it's, it's going to be... The, the atmosphere for the game is going to be incredible. Um, the players will be will be really up for it. I think it. You know, you've got players like De Bruyne, who's been fantastic for his all season. Harlem with the goals and to yeah to 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 get that trophy and to match Man United uh, in terms of that treble um, would be if we were to do it just absolutely amazing. And you know, you, you can say, oh well, you'll never do it. You'll never be able to go back and be do it. But that doesn't bother me at all. There's, the fact that there's only ever been one other team to have done it. And now we we could potentially do it. Just goes to show how how good we've been this season because it hasn't been a stroll for us this season. You know, we didn't we didn't have the league wrapped up by sort of March April time. You know, we've had to have incredible performances for a long period of time. You know, thirteen out of fourteen we won. Um, we smashed Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in in the home legs, um, and Leipzig in the game before that seven 0 where Haaland scored five. You know, the the form we've shown and and and. You know the way that we've played over that period to get us to the position where we are now was was spectacular. Um, and it, you know, if you're going to do any sort of comparison to to Man United, then you know you look at the points we've got, the goals we scored this season, the way that we got to the final. Like if you look at some of the results from from the United from United in the Champions League that year, they're scoring super last you know, last minute goals. You know, I'm looking at it here now. Skulls 88 against Inter. Giggs ninety two against Juventus, you know, then the two late goals in the final, you know, they, I don't want to say they scraped it because I don't want to disrespect Man United in that in that way, but it's a completely different way to go and to go and win it to just be out and out by far the best team potentially in Europe if we go and do it is is different to what they did. So to match them uh, would be fantastic, but again, just having that Champions League medal, uh, you know, or, or trophy even would would be fantastic and. And I think some people will say that Pep, you know, needs to win the Champions League to be considered one of the greats. <clears throat> I think that's absolute bollocks, to be honest, because 
you know, there, there's people out there who say Arsene Wenger was an incredible coach and he had longevity, absolutely, but he only won three leagues, never won a Champions League. Um, Pep has already won five, uh, two FA Cups, four, five League Cups. You know, he's domestically, he's been absolutely sensational in his seven years at the club. And if he gets that treble, then, um, yeah, I think it's um, he'll go down as, well, in my opinion, he already is, but it'll just you know, confirm the fact that he is arguably one of the best managers to have ever managed, um, you know, because he's done it in, I know he didn't win the Champions League at Bayern Munich, but he pissed over everyone domestically. <laughs> and then that Barcelona, <laughs> that Barcelona side was sensational as well, wasn't it? So Yeah, no, yeah. Fair, fair enough. And one final question before we move off the segment of, of Manchester teams, which team is better, um, the 99 treble winning team or the current Manchester City team I guess I already know the answer yeah. but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with this City team Back I think boys. I think what United did then it was the first time anyone had ever done it and it was incredible like you, I, I, I fully respect and appreciate what they managed to do um, but for the reasons that I gave previously in terms of you know the, the last minute late goals um, you know, the fact that they they only got 79 points that season. I know back then that's all you needed to win a title, but, you know, we're, you know, regularly getting above above 90 points um, in the league. I appreciate this season we, we only got 89, but the goals that we're scoring, the way that we're playing, I think if you were to put those two teams, I know you're never going to be able to do it, and football in the 90s was very different to what it is now, but I firmly believe if you put those two teams against each other, that the City team would come out on top. Um that's just my opinion. I'm sure people are going to disagree with me. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say the City team is, is better overall. Fair enough. We'll, um, we'll be getting one later out, uh, another one out this uh, week with regards to the Champions League and yeah, everything in depth with that and more City dick sucking whatever you want to call it but, um... it's not going to be I think the thing is if, if this was if this was say Liverpool or I know United we would Arsenal, talk about them as it, well, it yeah. would be the same thing it just happens to be the fact that I am a City fan <laughs> and it's and it, yeah exactly like we yeah but oh fair enough but uh, transfer talk is yeah. quite prominent nowadays um, obviously the the transfer window will be opening um, in a matter of weeks and we're already seeing quite a lot of um, done deals um, just today we've seen Alex McAllister um, have his release clause satisfied by uh, Liverpool yes we did um, despite you know they, they always confirm personal uh, terms way before uh, they've even paid the, the fee which is I think it should be illegal <laughs> it's, it's not good man it's not good, not good yeah. business, but, uh, you know, <laughs> here we are anyway, the, you know, people getting around this, but um, there's a few players I've, I've picked out um, that we're going to kind of discuss, and there's a few questions for yourself on, on your thoughts, but one of the big ones that, you know, I've, I've seen it for eight years now, every summer, uh, the only one that really got proper traction was two years ago when the guy tried to get his brother to engineer move to your lot, uh, didn't work. Um, unfortunately for him, he would be on the verge of winning the treble right now, I reckon. Uh, but of course, Harry Kane. Um, Benzema announced his departure from Madrid quite suddenly the other day um, to Saudi outfit Al Ittihad. 
and it's an eye-watering 200 million pounds per season. It's fucking crazy, um, isn't it? I mean, you can't blame him, can you? Don't you know, 35 <laughs> no, no. years old, he's, he's so, going oh, yeah. over there like unreal. I I don't even want to confirm what I do for that. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. But along with the departure of Benzema, there's other big names leaving um, Real Madrid with Eden Hazard, who has fallen off the face of the earth. Um, Marco Asensio leaving on a free to PSG. Mariano Diaz, uh, they're all leaving Madrid this summer and of course that is boosting their transfer and wage budget by about 77 million euros which equates to about 66 million so you seem to think that this is definitely funding uh, quite a sizable overweight kitty um, that they're going to be using to fund the purchases of uh, Jude Bellingham which is pretty much a, a, a done deal uh, the only reason why we're not discussing that really is because it is pretty much done. Um, and as Benzema is a quite a similar player to Kane, I think it's got a lot of traction to it. I think it might happen if Real Madrid come knocking. Um, and he, he definitely fits right into that system. So Spurs are obviously unable to deliver Champions League football next season for him. Um, Postacoglu's pretty much been confirmed as as we're discussing this on the pod right now. Um, so it's it's a bit of a weird one. Is he going to have assurances under him? But you look at Madrid and Spurs at the moment, they're in two totally different categories of football. So uh, for me, it would be an opportunity for him to go and win a major trophy, um, playing the Champions League, potentially win that as well. Um, and you know, with his future looking really unclear, Spurs may choose to cash in on him. I think it's a hundred million that's been touted round, and you know, one year left on your contract, and you get a hundred million pounds for a player. You would not. I, I mean, it's Daniel Levy at the end of the day, so I don't know what to think. But um, you know, hopefully, the desire of major trophies will attract him for a move to Spain. And there's all this talk about his. You know he's forty-seven goals away from the Premier League record, or, or beating Alan Shearer in that sense. But I think this is too much of a too. You know the circumstances are just right for him. It's not going to play second fiddle to someone. He's he's going to go there and you know be the main man. He's going to have all these fantastic world-class players around him who are winners, who have got that mentality that he will strive to have and. You know they're only going to get better in that sense. So, with all that said, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's enough to entice Kane away from Spurs? Um, there's a lot that goes around at the moment to say that he's a, you know, I follow him on Instagram and stuff. See all the charity work he does. So he's very much a family man who's, you know, comfortable in London. But do you feel that this is a too much of a big opportunity for him to to turn down? He's turning thirty in July, so next month. Yeah. You know, it's it's now or never, essentially, the way Absolutely. I see it. I think if, if you're looking at it from Harry Kane's perspective, I think obviously he will want more than anything to win something with Spurs. That you know, That's clearly what he wants. And I think there's also an element to it where he'll want the Premier League record as well, which you know, if he does stay in the Premier League, he will almost definitely uh, break that record. But you're absolutely correct with with Real Madrid. You know they've they've got a lot of players off their books, as you you mentioned, and um, they're in need of a of an out and out centre forward. You know they've had one for I think he's been there for 14 years now, Benzema. And 
you know, that they're going to need one to come in. And I think, like you said, he fits the bill perfectly. You know, he can he can create, he can score, he can drop deep, he can play on the last man. And I think if you're Daniel Levy as well, I know obviously he'll try and get the most he can for Kane, but if a £100 million bid comes in on a player that's got one year left on his contract, you're not selling to a direct rival as well. He's not going to play against you in the Champions League um, next season. So I think it makes more sense to sell him to a team like Real Madrid than it does to a team like Man United, who obviously have finished above Real Madrid, sorry, uh, Tottenham this season, and um, are in the Champions League. So you're, you're, you're massively boosting that United side there, who are in need of a number nine as well. So I think from a Spurs perspective, it makes sense. But then you are leaving a fucking sizable hole up front for Tottenham. And Harry Kane's world class. You know, you could argue he's, what, top two, three in the world in terms of that out-and-out number nine. Um, he's scored 30 goals in the Premier League this season in, let's be brutally honest, a fairly poor Spurs side. Um, and what he'd do in Spain, um, you know, he'd be head and shoulders. You know, Lewandowski's a bit older than him, isn't he? So I think he'd score more than Lewandowski. He could get Real Madrid back, you know, to the t- to the title, which he'd then win, you know. And he he wants to he, he deserves to be fair to him a major trophy, and it's a shame that he hasn't got one at Spurs because, like, like I said, he'd be desperate to do that. But football careers are short in the grand scheme of things. He's thirty now. Um, he's probably got maybe three or four years at the at the least at the, at the very top. Is he going to want to sit around and hope that Postacoglu can get Tottenham back into the Champions League? Is he going to wait around for one more year and then go on a free? That wouldn't make any sense for Spurs. Uh, you might as well get the hundred million now. They're nothing in twelve months. Um, so yeah, I think it makes sense more so to go to Real Madrid than Man United. But as you said, he's a family man. He may want to stick around. Maybe not. Maybe he'd be happy to move up north. Um, I think there's elements to him wanting to beat the record. But then for Tottenham, that doesn't make sense because you're just making a rival that much stronger. So. I think Real Madrid makes sense and, you know, I think if they want their man, they generally get get him, don't they? So, yeah, it's uh, certainly interesting. If they get Kane and Bellingham, then that's a pretty decent transfer window, I'd say. And I know they've got others on their list, but those two in particular would uh, would massively boost their squad. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stay on it too long, but... Um... Yeah, yeah. I think it's absolute bollocks, to be honest, that, you know, there's, there was this guy on uh, TalkSport earlier today and um, he, he he had a very good point, to be fair, that most people are saying that, you know, he, he, he needs to win a trophy in this. And that. I think that, you know, tickle, tickle me pink in this sense, but I think that, you know, if, if we were to get it right in the next few years with a manager appointment, I think even an FA Cup would mean five of any other cup that he'd win elsewhere maybe not a champions league and, yeah you know, particularly but, la liga i mean he's not yeah, spanish you know it'll yeah. be a trophy but he'd rather have i reckon he'd rather have a league cup than a la liga mm. you but know what I mean? you know what I, I i don't i don't live in his in his head at the end of the day and i think that he he owes tottenham nothing you know we owe him absolutely everything so um, if he was to go, it's 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 one of those really welcoming back in two years, like we did with Bale. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking for all time's sake, and he'll break the record then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, go yeah, go exactly. to Brighton when you're 37. Do a Milner. Do you know what I mean? Mm, um, exactly. But the next person 
who we've obviously talked about um, today is David De Gea. And for quite a long time now, he's been United's number one between the sticks. Uh, almost, well, just about 12 years um, since Fergie signed him from Atletico Madrid. Young 19-year-old um, lad. And, you know, it's it's not to say he's come under some fair and warranted criticism over the years, but, of course, he's, he's stayed in that position under numerous managers because as as you said he's you know been touted as a world probably the the best goalkeeper um at times and he came very very close to going to Real Madrid if it wasn't for an unfortunate fax machine incident um I don't even remember that one <laughs> yeah, I do remember yeah it. crazy isn't it yeah, I mean, who the fuck uses a fax machine nowadays? I remember Dad used to get his work schedule through one. It was like the sound yeah, made yeah. was just bloody horrible. Yeah. So I can only imagine what he thinks in, the, we had in his one sleep. As well, yeah, um, still using that. Yeah. But exactly, he could yeah. have he could have been gone. But yeah, so they're at a crossroads at the moment. Um, many fans believe now is the time for a change, or at least some form of competition for him. Um, Dean Henderson, he, he he's he's lost. I don't know where he's gone. Um, yeah, I know he went to Nottingham Forest, but he got replaced by Kaylor Navas, and then Wayne Hennessy was their second choice goalkeeper. So he's just been off on a doddle for the past couple of months. Um, so you know the, the former competition's got to come in something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know the error-prone slash savior kind of key figure. Um, in he's been a key figure in that team for like I said, twelve years. And I think on Sunday, the the first goal he couldn't have done much about that. Um, but the, the second goal, it bounced on the way through. David De Gea was was way too slow. He, he didn't didn't move his feet quickly enough to get across to his right hand side. So yeah, I feel I felt like he should have done a lot better there. But um, Ten Hag was asked if De Gea should stay at will, will stay at Old Trafford this summer, and Ten Hag said yes. But I will not say he'll always be my number one because in a club like Man United, there must be competition in all positions. You can't do it with 11 players. Um, City have shown that, of course, made their bench look like an absolute circus in that sense, in comparison. So um, Roy Keane also came out and said, well, he, he blasted him by saying he's simply not good enough and he's not going to be the one to take United back to winning trophies. And I think he means trophies such as the Champions League, the FA Cup, the um the Premier League, you know, not not an occasional Carabao Cup and maybe the Europa League, because of course you want to be in the Champions League and win that competition. You know, you you Man United, you're a you're a huge club. So first question really is 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 the criticism warranted of David De Gea or do you feel it's a little bit unfair considering his lengthy service for the club? Yeah, that's a good question and, and I think there have been times in the past sort of maybe two, three seasons where the errors have started to slip in. I think if I remember rightly, I think they were playing West Ham with Ben Rama and it just it was that that's probably the worst one I've I've seen him um you know, the worst howler I guess I've seen from him ever, really. But the problem is is when I, whenever there's any sort of mistake like I don't think United defended particularly well either. We were we got in and, and as soon as something happens, it's the goalkeeper's fault. The goalkeepers are the last line of defence, so that's that their job is to stop the ball going in the back of the net. And if they don't, or they make a slight error, then it's it's massively highlighted. So I think there is it, it's warranted to a degree, but I think the level with which it's you know it's it's all over the place. I think that's slightly harsh because as you've pointed out, 
He's been a servant of the club for God knows how long. He has won them stuff, or at least he's won them points in, in terms of like, you know, he's made some crucial saves. You know, I remember a double save. I can't remember who it was against, but he's made some absolutely incredible saves. Um, and the fans, I think the fans still have, still recognise that. You know, and I think that maybe he he isn't good enough to to um, to to take them into sort of the, where they want to be. But at the end of the day, I think that you you don't just just get rid of a player just because he's made a couple of mistakes and, and kick him out of the door. I think you have to take into account all the good stuff he's done for Man United, and there has been a lot of it. So maybe you know there'll be someone that they're looking at, you know, uh, to bring in. But I think even if they don't manage to. Um, I think De Gea is still a good goalkeeper. Maybe his confidence is a bit low, but he's got the summer now to, to sort his head out and come back and, and try and be the goalkeeper that he once was because we all knew how good he was um, a few seasons ago. So he's on 375k a week as well, which I mean, that's, is, that's, that's is, is ludicrous lot, money. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's relative to what United can pay and what they earn. So in anywhere else, he'd be on 200k a week, which I would say is is, is more... Than enough of a reward for him so you know to say he hasn't had a, a successful career with them let's not forget he won the league under Fergie as well so he has got that domestic um, trophy in his cabinet to kind of confirm that he is um, or, or was a world-class goalkeeper but do you feel he'll leave this summer? Uh, I, th- I think that there's a big decision to make at United I guess <clears throat> if they if they start looking at somebody else and it's clear that they're going to try and bring in a new number one, it makes no sense from his perspective as well as Man United's perspective to keep hold of him because if he's if he's earning that much money, um, you're not going to want him just warming the bench. I, that money could go towards maybe two other players, you know, a goalie on 200 and another very good player on 150, 175, whatever, you know. So that could be, the, you know, you mentioned about City having a, a bench that is, you know, ridiculous at times. It really is, but that's what United need as well. So, if getting rid of him, and let's not forget, they'll get a bit of a fee for him as well. His contract doesn't expire until next season, so they get a bit of money for him, um, and then those wages can be split against, you know, a couple of players, and 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 that adds to squad depth. Um, but I guess the noise coming out of United from ex-players, from fans who are openly very strongly criticising him, I think. He may think it's time now to uh, to see off the end of his career, maybe in Spain somewhere or or somewhere abroad. Um, you obviously have to take quite a significant pay cut, but I mean, if you've been being paid that much money for what five years of your contract, you're probably not short of a few quid. But yeah, I guess to be fair, I'd say he probably will do. Yeah, it makes sense for him and and the club to to get rid of him. Yeah, he's not going to play second fiddle to someone else, is he? At the end of the no. day, especially after all these years, and I, and I feel that United fans, like like any club, can will have very, 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 very fickle fans. You know, he's he's given 12 years of his career, albeit he's been heavily compensated. Um, But yeah, just kind of want to, um, you know, he, it'd be good for him to kind of go and um, maybe he's still quite young, I guess, in, in terms of goalkeeping years as well. So who knows? But of course, that's replacement for players. So um who do you feel that would come in and replace him? We've seen Diogo Costa not to be mixed up with Diego Costa um, from Porto to come in and replace him. Do you believe that would be a good signing for United or do you feel that, you know, who else would you go for at the moment? Because there's not many names that spring to mind. No, I, we were listening to TalkSport on the way home 
um, after the match, and you know there was the, I think the Mark Goldbridge show was like from eight till nine or nine till ten or something. So we had to listen to it, um, and obviously he had a lot of Man United fans um, calling in. Obviously very disappointed with the result and and wanting to have their say, you know, put it that way. So they had um, a lot. I heard the name uh, David Rea being mentioned quite significant, yeah, quite a lot. You know, Brentford have had a really decent season. And I feel like he's been key to that. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm looking at what you've written down here. Obviously, Diogo Costa, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I've heard good things about him. Not really seen him play that much, if I'm being, particular, if I'm being brutally honest. But, um, yeah, David Rea, for me, would be a, a good signing for Man United. He wouldn't cost you the earth. Um, his wages wouldn't be anywhere near that of De Gea's. Um, you know, and he's had he's had a good season, and he knows what the Premier League's all about. Sometimes when you get these players who've never played in the Premier League before, it can take them a while to sort of get used to it. Um, you know, David Rea, what is he, so twenty six, twenty seven, or something like that? Yeah. So yeah. I I see that sort of you're a goalkeeper when you're twenty seven. You've you've got the experience as a goalkeeper, and like I say, he's got experience in the Prem. Um, so I think he'd be he'd be a great addition if they get if they do decide to to sell De Gea. Lovely stuff. Well, um, some names can be touted there, but we'll we'll quickly blast through the last few. Um, as I said there, with Alex Alexis McAllister, um, as reported today, he will sign for Liverpool, um, subject to a medical after agreeing a contract understood to run to June twenty twenty eight. Which you know Liverpool have been amazing with some of their transfers over the past few years. Um, and I think their buyout clause that they're paying will be significantly this how they put it significantly lower than the sixty sixty million that was previously reported in his contract, um, and will be a massive kind of piece to their puzzle of fixing their midfield um, that's needed some you know tender loving care over the past few years for sure. So. How how would you rate this signing for Liverpool, especially after Brighton's amazing season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good signing. I think it's exactly what Liverpool need. For, you know, for for years now, we've seen Liverpool just seemingly bolster their up uh, their forwards. You know, Gakpo, Nunez. They obviously had Firmino. Then they got Diaz, Salah, Mane. It's just been you know, and I don't. I think they've neglected somewhat their their midfield. So you've seen this season. You've you've had uh, Fabinho, who's been off the boil. Henderson's not getting any younger. Um, you know they, they've got the Thiago's constantly injured, so they've been playing um, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, who for me, you know, they're decent players, but they're absolutely not going to be taking you to, to you know the levels that you want. So McAllister, you know, he was trusted within that um, uh, Argentina squad that went and won the the World Cup. I think he played well in the matches that he played. I appreciate he didn't play in every single one of them, but when he did, uh, he was very good. Um, this season, you've had him, Solly March, Matoma, um, obviously Saicedo and a few of the other lot from Brighton, and he's been very good. Um, and I think for Liverpool, it's just that creativity that they've lacked from midfield because they've relied so heavily on their fullbacks to be whipping the ball in and getting goals and assists. And when they're not at it, which Trent wasn't for large parts of the season, they they lack you know those opportunities being created up front for them. So I think it gives them another string to their bow. It gives them another route in which they can... I think they need more. And I've been reading that there's some other players that they're rumoured. I think that Ryan Gravenberch, but I might bruise, 
that might pronounce that completely wrong, but he he's there as well. So I think that's the area that Liverpool need to need to invest in this summer is their midfield. They've got decent strikers, decent forwards, the defense um, still pretty solid. Um, but yeah, that midfield has been neglected for too long now, and I think that's where they'll focus uh, this transfer window. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, of course, you've you've meant you've kind of taken the question right out of my mouth there in the sense of who um, who else would be fitting in there. But yeah, that's totally fine. And and the last one would be Gundogan, who of course is. Um, you know, he's out of contract at the end of this month. He's been very coy on his future. Um, he's 32 now, which is absolutely insane to think. I've always thought he was about 26, to be totally honest. Um, but, you know, he's free scoring. He's your captain at the moment. And to put it plain and simple, do you feel that he will leave um, the club? So I've been hearing things along the lines of he's being offered contracts that are longer than what we're prepared to offer him elsewhere. And I think, you know, we'd lo- I'd love to keep him on. And I think you ask any City fan, they'll want him to stay. I think Pep will want him to stay. And I think it's just about sort of sorting out the, the finer details on the contracts because, you know, Pep's not adverse to giving older players contracts. You know, he, he kept re-signing on Fernandinho until he was like 37, 38. And, you know, Gundogan has, has this season, you know, particularly the last few months has been absolutely fantastic for us. You know, scoring really important goals, winning matches for us. You know, winning goal, you know, the goal against Everton where he scored the little flick back that he did. You know, that that got it to one nil and sort of, you know, got us off the mark. And yeah, he's our captain. Um, and I think you know, he. It's difficult for me to say. Maybe he will want to go to Barcelona or whoever you know is offering him this contract. Maybe that's that's something that he wants to do before he retires. But. Um, yeah, if, if, for me personally, if, if if Barcelona are offering him three years, and I think you know we do the same. I think thirty-two. The thing with Gundogan is he's it's his intelligence that keeps him uh, at the highest level. You know, he's 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 certainly not got he's not blessed with pace. But what you can do is you give him the ball in a bit of space, and he'll very rarely make a make an error. He arrives late into the box. Obviously, he can score a, a volley that we like we saw um, on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I just think his intelligence is what's keeping him at the highest level. And you know, you struggle to find players that are that intelligent. You know, a couple spring to mind: Xavi, Iniesta, um, even somebody like Andrea Pirlo. If you can remember him, how good he was, even towards the end of his career when he could barely run. It doesn't matter that he couldn't run; he was still starting most games. So, um, I think those kind of players are hard to come by. You know, intelligent, gifted, and the fact that he scores and creates is is just an added bonus. So. I really hope he stays. I hope they can get this sorted out. I guess we probably won't hear anything until after the Champions League is over. And maybe if we if we do win it, he might think, well, that's all I can achieve at, at City. It's time to try something else. But yeah, if it was to me, down to me, I'd have him signed on for whatever he wants and, and keep him at the club. Because, you know, it's a big player to lose, your captain. Obviously, vocal in the dressing room, very clever. So yeah, just just keep him on. Take whatever, you need, whatever he wants. Just, uh, just fucking give it to him. That's fair enough. Um, he definitely <laughs> kind of deserves it, I guess. Um, like, like you said, scoring yeah, a brace so. in a in a cup final is 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 worthy of that for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll be jumping back on a pod uh, later on this week prior to the Champions League. I'm sure we have a lot to say about that, um, and we'll definitely <laughs> be previewing. Um, yeah what we think at least will or how the game will go I just hope that it's a 
a decent competition. Uh, can't believe that the season is almost over. Um, we've got to wait yeah, like two quite forever, shit months of you know no football and shitty season uh, pre-season tour football, which is just so crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, nice one, Dan. Appreciate you yeah. coming on. Cheers, Sean. Nice so. one.